Well, as you know, we're starting a new sermon series today called Signs of the Kingdom, where we'll be reading through Jesus' teachings from the gospel according to Matthew, where he gives us signs, hints of what it looks like when the Spirit is at work in your life in and through you. So let's listen for a sign of the Spirit today, a sign of the kingdom. But first, let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, and in your truth find freedom. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the gospel according to Matthew. Let's listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and any to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Couldn't we all use some rest? Yes. Yes. Preach. Now I know, I know we're coming off a week of rest. Hickory really does seem to shut down for the week of July 4th. And I hope you had a great week on whatever adventures you took this past week. But the kind of rest I'm talking about, the kind of rest we really need is more than a week at the beach. It's not just that we're busy, it's that life weighs us down, whether it's daily aches and pains or job frustrations or raising kids or a past we can't let go of or a future we can't face for ourselves, our families, our churches, our nation, our world, we have plenty of burdens to carry around. And in in our scripture reading for today, Jesus offers to lighten the load. Now, it's not clear how that really works. Jesus may promise rest from our burdens, but but which burdens? Clearly, it's not the day-to-day grind. No matter what we say here today, we still have to get up and go to work tomorrow and pay the bills and cut the grass and take the kids to soccer and get something for dinner. Jesus isn't going to do any of that for us. So maybe he isn't promising release from all the ups and downs and twists and turns of life, but but only the big stuff, the things that cause us to suffer deeply. Well, sadly, we know that's not true either. People who walk the way of Jesus are no less likely to get cancer or become addicts or have their relationships fall apart. In fact, they may be even more likely to suffer because Jesus calls them to share the suffering of others and to to go up against the powers that be when they're unjust. So Jesus 
promising to take away the burden of suffering either. So if it's not the day-to-day and it's not the deep suffering we experience, what burdens are we talking about here? What if the burden Jesus sets us free from is the burden of religion? That's a strange thing for a preacher to say, isn't it? But wouldn't that be nice? We could sleep in on Sunday mornings, get some coffee, read the paper, do some golfing, have a cookout. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes religion is just another burden. You probably know the old joke, a man invites his friend to go to church with him and the friend says, I can't go to church, church is full of hypocrites. And the man replies, well, there's always room for one more. (laughs) Sometimes the church is full of hypocrites, but how could it not be? In Jesus' day, people had scoured the scriptures and they had discovered 613 distinct commandments. There were 248 positive commandments, do this, and 365 negative commandments, don't do that. That's one, thou shalt not for every day of the year. People worked very hard at their religion trying to prove they were righteous, they were holy, they were worthy of God's favor. Who could keep up with all that? Then and now it's easy to buckle under the weight of all that religion. Religion can become just another burden. You know, the challenge is, on some deep level, we all have a sense of unease. Something's not quite right. Our lives are too fragile. Our relationships get all tangled up. We fall short of our hopes and dreams. Loved ones come and then they go. Our sense of being at home in the world slips away. We feel cut off from others, from ourselves, and from the source of everything. We don't know how this happens or where it comes from. Some say it's just a natural consequence of growing up. As we mature and develop a greater sense of self, we begin to feel less connected to the world and to other people and maybe to God, too. I'm reminded of a story Parker Palmer tells on the arrival of her newborn baby brother, a three-year-old girl, begged her parents for permission to speak with the baby alone. Well, her parents hesitated at first, a little concerned, but then they remembered that there was a baby monitor in the room, so, so they agreed. Leaving their daughter with her baby brother, the parents rushed to the living room where over the baby monitor, they heard their daughter whisper to her little brother, Tell me about God. I've almost forgotten. The Buddhist tradition calls this sense of unease dislocation, like a bone that's out of joint. It's caused by our desperate desire to cling to life while it flows through our hands like water. Christians call it sin. Only sin here doesn't mean all the rotten little things we do. Sin means the way our broken communion with God breaks everything else in our lives. 
Whatever we call it, we all feel it in one way or another, this sense of unease. And so we start searching, searching for something. We're not sure what, some way to make things right, some way to prove ourselves, some way to secure ourselves in a fragile world. Get in shape, go back to school, get a new job, get a new partner, get a new therapist, sell the house, switch parties, take a vacation, stream a new show, buy the new iPhone. There has to be something we can do, some way to make the pieces fit back together again. We spend so much time and energy trying to prove ourselves, trying to fix ourselves. And religion is just one more way we do that. If I go to the right church, if I say the right words, if I believe the right things, then, then I'll be okay. Frederick Buechner calls this living from the outside in rather than the inside out. It doesn't work. All it does is weigh us down with heavy burdens, guilt and shame because we can't measure up, and fear and anger because we can't bear the thought that we might be wrong. Jesus offers another way. His yoke is not one more burden, one more frantic effort to prove ourselves. It's the promise of freedom from all that. He promises a life that is founded not on our appearance or achievement or affluence, not even on how religious we are, but instead a life founded on the infinite love that is the ground and source of all being. Our life is grounded in God. That's where our security comes from. And there's no way to get it or earn it or justify it. It's already given. It falls like rain on all of us and each of us. All we can do is accept it. All we can do is see it. Now, I want to share a quote from Thomas Merton. I thought a long time about sharing this quote. You know Merton was a Trappist monk and a mystic and a spiritual teacher. And Now, I know spiritual things can sometimes make Presbyterians a little uncomfortable. We're good at thinking and we're good at doing. We're not always good at the spirit. I know that. And I know this quote stretches our normal ways of thinking and seeing, but I believe it's true. And so I invite you to listen with an open mind. Merton writes, At the center of our being is a point of nothingness, a point or spark which belongs to God, which is inaccessible to the fantasies of our mind or the brutalities of our will. This little point of nothingness is the pure glory of God within us. It's like a diamond blazing with the invisible light of heaven. It is in everybody. And if we could see it, we could see these billions of points of light coming together in the blaze of a sun that would make all the darkness and cruelty of life vanish completely. I have no program for this seeing. It's only given. But the gate of heaven is everywhere. The gate of heaven is everywhere. Now, if you're not sure what to do with that, maybe you can connect with this quote 
by theologian Paul Tillich. We cannot transform our lives, Tillich writes, unless we allow them to be transformed by grace. It happens or it does not happen. And certainly it does not happen if we try to force it upon ourselves. Grace strikes us when we are in pain and restlessness. It strikes us when we walk through the dark valley of a, of a meaningless and empty life. And sometimes at that moment, a wave of light breaks into our darkness and it is as though a voice were saying, you are accepted. You are accepted, accepted by that which is greater than you and the name of which you do not know. Do not ask for the name now. Perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now. Perhaps later you will do much. Do not seek anything. Do not perform anything. Do not intend anything. Simply accept the fact that you are accepted. If that happens we experience grace. Now, after such an experience, we may not be better than before, we may not believe more than before, but everything is changed. By now, maybe you've picked up that I'm playing games with the sermon title. I called this sermon Being Light. And I mean light in both ways the lightness that comes from laying down our burdens and the light we can shine for others when we live free from those burdens. We are, every one of us here, suffused with divine light, enfolded in divine grace, if only we will see it. It's a sign of the kingdom. Most of us, most of the time, don't see it, because we're too busy running around trying to prove we're worthy of what has already been given. There are no easy answers here. The ups and downs and twists and turns of life will continue to weigh us down. Troubles and sorrows will continue to walk with us through this fragile world. But grounded in God, we can face those troubles and sorrows with hope and with courage and with lightness of being. And as we do so, we can be a light, a sign of the kingdom for others. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.